Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6. Good evening and thanks for joining us. We start with a court appearance today for a man accused in a double shooting in Vancouver that caused one of the victims to lose her unborn child. And at the same time that was happening, police released new surveillance video of another person and vehicle of interest in the case. Our Ramina Dea is back in the neighborhood where all of this unfolded. Ramina, police need the public's help in this. They really do, Sophie. Police only release video like this when they're stuck. And while this new person of interest was caught on camera, investigators have no idea who he is. We're interested in identifying the, this person here. The mystery man, seen on the left, is described as white, 25 to 35 years old, with short black hair. We're asking this man to come forward. We want to work out to determine what role, if any, you played in this investigation. Witnesses have ID'd the alleged gunman seen on the right, but they're in the dark regarding the identity of the new person of interest. He left pretty quick when he saw that things were disintegrating around the situation. The 31-year-old mother-to-be was sleeping upstairs when the gunman opened fire at an East Vancouver print shop May 18th. The mother survived, but her unborn baby died. It was a girl. She just found out after it was removed. Beyond that, I think she's just recovering because she did show stitches and they look pretty serious. Police confident this car was also involved. It was captured on camera behind the print shop minutes before the shooting. The vehicle appears to be a four-door dark-colored Nissan Altima with tinted rear wi windows. Carlton Stevens is facing one count of attempted murder in connection to his ex. The 37-year-old rolled into the prisoner's box in a wheelchair for his first court appearance. His leg seriously injured after he was taken down by a police dog. What are we in the middle of right now? No charges have been laid in connection to the 23-year-old man who was also shot at the print shop but survived. Witnesses say he was protecting his pregnant friend from an unsafe situation. The victim's friends hoping someone has the guts to come forward and ID the man police are looking for. I hope that they can piece together the puzzle and find him. But uh, I don't know how cooperative people are going to be. All right, Ramina, what do we know about the condition of both victims? Well, a little bit of good news, Sophie, is that both of the victims are out of hospital. Physically, they're recovering. Psychologically, though, that is another story. We found out today that the mother-to-be was about six months along. She was so excited for this baby, so it's going to take some time. Sophie. I can imagine. All right, Romina, thank you. A conviction today for a hitman hired to kill the Bacon brothers and who murdered one of their closest friends. A judge found Corey Valley guilty of first-degree murder in the death of Kevin LeClaire outside a Langley strip mall in February of 2009. The U.N. gangster was also convicted of conspiring to kill the Bacon brothers.
Valley was arrested in Mexico in 2014. He's been given a mandatory life sentence with no chance of parole for 25 years for the Leclerc murder. Sentencing for the conspiracy charge will be handed down later this month. An arrest in connection with a series of sexual assaults in Surrey in recent weeks. Just days ago, police released this image of a Honda Accord and a composite sketch of a man in his 30s. Then, early last Saturday morning, a 17-year-old girl was walking on 73rd Avenue when she was assaulted from behind. She was able to break free and call police. Soon after that, a man driving a gray Honda Accord was taken into custody. Police later arrested him in connection with four other sexual assaults. The suspect has since been released from custody as the investigation continues and information is gathered for submission to the B.C. Prosecution Service. Conservation officers made the decision to shoot two young cougars in Port Coquitlam. The big cats were taken down in Chelsea Park. Conservation says they had no choice as the cougars demonstrated aggressive behavior, including swiping at a leashed dog and killing pet cats. And that's not all. When the COS attended, they were also exhibiting signs of stalking, which is very unusual. And uh, at that point, because of the location of where it was with a school very nearby, lots of residences in the area, and also because there was very adjacent to the park, there was a playground, um, the public safety risk was deemed just too high. And unfortunately, the only option that was available to us was for them to be euthanized. A close call in Abbotsford is raising concerns about a potential highway hazard. A chunk of rock or concrete smashing into a couple's car as they drove under the McCallum overpass along Highway 1. And they say they weren't the only ones hit. But Jennifer Palma explains why it's a bit of a mystery exactly where it came from. Like you can imagine something just flashed in front of your eyes and that's all I saw of it. The cause of the flash resulted in a heavily damaged windshield of Karen Bremner and Leon Gemma's car. It was like somebody let a bomb off, okay? All of a sudden, I was basically knocked unconscious for a second because the airbags deployed. And uh, when I came to, we were, we were doing 100 kilometers an hour. We went from that to being stopped. The Alder Grove couple was driving west along Highway 1 around 2 in the morning on Wednesday when their car was hit by what they say was a large rock or piece of concrete when they went under the McCallum overpass in Abbotsford. For a second it sort of felt like a war zone because it was like bang from the rock, bang from the airbags, and then bang from going over the rocks. It was, you know, the... And I, I just kind of sat there for about five minutes trying to figure out what the heck happened. There were probably two, two feet in diameter, a foot and a half, something like that. It's, I mean, the, the, the bridge is decomposing is what's happening. Global News contacted Abbotsford Police. They said they attended the scene and contacted maintenance contractor Emil Anderson to clean up the rocks. They say they were one to two inches in size. The Ministry of Transportation says they inspected the bridge and confirmed there's no concrete or other material missing from the structure, adding the rocks most likely came from another source. Ever since that happened, uh, post-traumatic stress, like a very, very... Very apprehensive about approaching any overpass. Leon says several other cars were also hit, but that hasn't been confirmed. They say they're recovering now, as their car is in the repair shop having work done to the sunroof and undercarriage. But as to how the rocks fell in the first place, that remains a mystery. Jennifer Palma, Global News. It's been almost six months since fire destroyed a home in Kitsilano, and yet the property looks pretty much the same. 
a charred pile of rubble. And neighbors have had enough. Ted Chernecki is on this story for us tonight. Ted, why has nothing been done? Everybody wants an answer to the question, why is it taking so long? The city knocked this house down right after the fire because there were concerns about asbestos. And those concerns are still very real here. It was a house fire the likes of which neighbours had never seen before. A century-old house near 3rd and Trafalgar burst into flames. The building was largely vacant, but a couple of squatters are suspected of starting the fire. Fast forward five and a half months, and here's what it looks like today. And that has neighbours angry. I work from home. I look out on that all day, every day in my office. So not only is it an eyesore for the entire block and everybody else walking, most importantly, it really is a health hazard. In a city with a near zero rental vacancy rate, there are five units in the building immediately west of the rubble, and the landlord there is having a hard time renting them out, one, because of ongoing water damage repairs, and two, that health hazard. And I don't think my people would be enjoying looking at that pile for the next year or two. Uh, we know there'll be a new house, and people understand, but it's just kind of a Monday to Friday mess yeah. with restricted hours, so this is a 24 hours there is a legal notice from the city demanding the developers submit a hazardous materials report to the city by April 18th. I mean, I've been on these guys like there's no tomorrow for the benefit of the entire mm -hmm. uh, community. Um, mostly, as I said, because it, it, I really do believe it's a serious health hazard. Removing asbestos can be expensive, while other hazardous materials that can leach, like heavy lead paint, have to be shipped to Alberta. One neighbor has been told by the city that there could be some movement on this issue next week. So there is a glimmer of hope that something may finally get done next week, but nobody around here is going to believe it until they see a truck pull up there and move this debris out of here. Chris? All right. Thanks, Ted. Well, this school year isn't even over yet, and there are already concerns looking ahead to next year. The BC Teachers Federation fearing a teacher shortage will create serious problems. John Hua explains what the issue is and the options being floated to attract new talent. And watch carefully, listen carefully, and then we'll ask you some questions. This past school year has been a lesson in patience. The next question. That parents are being warned will carry over to next September. It needs to be solved. We can't go into another school year with these same problems spilling over. But the BC Teachers Federation says inaction by the province to address a teacher shortage is costing children a proper education, including uncertified teachers being used to fill the gaps. We have people who don't have a teaching certificate, are not trained as a teacher, but doing a teacher's job right now. It's even worse for parents of students with special needs. Anne Marischak told Global News in November her son was being sent home because of a lack of trained staff. Tired of waiting for a fix, she had to pull him out of the public school system. I think we just came to a point where the hours that he was attending were, were so few that it just didn't make sense for us to continue. Now, according to the BC Teachers Federation, in this province, there are about 1,800 classes that have four or more students with special needs. There are about 660 with seven or more. And according to those students' parents, their children aren't the only ones falling through the cracks. If you cannot provide the support that the children need, you're really um, affecting the whole classroom. We do know that we have more to do, and that's why we struck a task force. We're working on those recommendations to find more qualified teachers. But the BCTF says those recommendations have been out since December and said bold moves are needed, like covering a teacher's student loan or housing allowance. These are all easy things that can be done. It'll cost some money, yes. The education minister says he's not sure those measures are needed, 
leaving parents heading into the summer wondering if a lack of new hires will rob their children of a higher learning next year. John Hua, Global News. Right now, though, it would seem to be an unusual step in the rental process, filling out a personality test. But a growing number of landlords and property management companies are using this new tool in an effort to find the right tenants. Paul Johnson explains how it works and whether or not it's legal. If you want to rent in the Brixton Flats building in Vancouver, you'll be asked to fill out a personality test. The online application asks questions like, whether you feel relaxed most of the time, if you'd rather cook than do the dishes, and whether you sometimes lie. 32 questions in all, designed by psychologists to theoretically identify the ideal tenant. It's really a way for applicants for tenancy to put their best foot forward. Andrew McLeod runs Certain, the Victoria startup that provides the test to landlords. They say 40,000 units in B.C. right now are being rented using their software. We're looking to show that an applicant is clean, that they're credible, and we're looking to do it in a way that's, that's not very invasive. McLeod says the results so far are good, and Landlord B.C. tells us their first impressions are positive. But does it work? I have specialized for many years in survey research. UBC psychology professor Delroy Paulhus recognized the questions as being consistent with modern personality tests. And while they tend to be accurate for large groups, he questions whether this would work for individual tenants. We wouldn't want to nail somebody down and say, this guy is honest and this one is not on the basis of scores of this particular test. Another psychology professor told us a test like this could discriminate against people depending on their cultural, language, or mental health background. Then there's the privacy issue. The provincial government says their guidelines are simple. Landlords are only supposed to ask about a tenant's ability to pay, whether they can take care of the property, and if they'll cause complaints. McLeod believes his test falls within those guidelines and says it's actually optional. While he was willing to talk about his intriguing new product, he had little to say about the investigation of his business that's been launched by the province's Information and Privacy Commissioner. I can't comment on that. Paul Johnson, Global News. A little bit more on the paycheck for minimum wage earners in B.C. The new minimum wage is now in effect climbing to $12.65 an hour. It's the first of four annual increases between now and 2021 when the NDP government says the minimum wage will hit $15.20 an hour. We did want a faster timeline, but we're delighted that we're taking this first step to get to a $15 minimum wage, which will lift hundreds of thousands of workers above the poverty line. Now, not everyone's entitled to the new minimum wage, at least not yet. While liquor servers got a boost at midnight as well, it was only to $11.40. The NDP has promised, though, to get rid of the lower wage altogether in three years. The drawings put a face to those roaming the halls of the B.C. legislature, and now we know who was behind the clever caricatures of politicos and journalists. The budding artist moonlighted as B.C. Polly Portraits on Twitter for nearly a year. And now, as Richard Zisman reports, she's ready to come out of the shadows. 
Behind this door lies the answer to the B.C. legislature's biggest secret. For weeks, this artful dodger has been a mystery. No longer. Zoe Duhame has outed herself as the artist behind the B.C. Poly portraits. It's been great walking down the hallways and hearing people talk about me without knowing that it's me being right beside them. That's really cool. For weeks, Duhame was drawing politicians and media members, sneaking in the sketches during her breaks as a legislative intern. The 23-year-old University of Victoria grad will soon wrap up her internship and head to journalism school in Montreal. But the MLAs wanted to get their thanks in before she left. Thank you, Zoe. Talented artist, great novelist. We can't wait to see what your future holds. Thank you very much on behalf of all of us. And since the secret's been out, Duhame has been going around handing out the portraits. That one's me, and we have the same tie. I have a present for you. But the most illustrated subject was Global BC Legislative Bureau Chief Keith Baldry. From the famous window in the Global Victoria studio to pictures from when he roamed the legislature in the 1980s. That's great stuff. Baldry has appeared on BC Poly portraits 12 different times. Everybody was trying to figure out who's drawing these pictures. And it turns out to be one of our interns, which is, which is great because it's a great program. But even though the character behind the caricatures has been revealed and the search has drawn to a conclusion, Duhame hopes her pictures have made people smile. I hope that they are delighted and that they see the fun of it and that it is just as a thank you. And everyone in BC politics who have enjoyed the portraits and the mystery behind them are saying thank you right back to Duhame. Richard Zussman, Global News, Victoria. That is the sound heard in parts of Indonesia today as Mount Merapi erupted, shooting a plume of ash over 60 kil- 6 kilometers into the air. Residents in the immediate area were evacuated, and two nearby airports were forced to close temporarily. The volcano's last major eruption in 2010 left more than 340 people dead. The U.S. president is backpedaling tonight, just one week after cancelling a sit-down with North Korea's leader. He says the summit is now back on. Trump says today he'll sit down with Kim Jong-un in Singapore, as planned, on June 12th. That comes after a top diplomat from the rogue nation paid a visit to the White House, and it appears a handwritten letter sealed the deal. Appearing together after a nearly 90-minute Oval Office meeting, President Trump and Kim Young-chul, the right-hand man to Kim Jong-un, announcing that on-again, off-again summit is now a go. June 12th, we'll be in Singapore. But Mr. Trump dialing down expectations for the first face-to-face between an American president and a North Korean leader and saying there could be more meetings to come. We're going to start a process. And I told him today, take your time. You can go fast, we can go slowly. But uh, I think they'd like to see something happen. The announcement ending a summit cliffhanger after President Trump abruptly canceled it last week, citing Kim Jong-un's tremendous anger and open hostility. Then days of diplomatic drama with Kim Young-chul personally delivering a letter to the president from the North Korean dictator. 
But steep hurdles remain. Is North Korea ready to get rid of its nuclear weapons? Well, I think they want to do that. I, don't, I know they want to do that. Mr. Trump saying the North Korean sanctions are staying, but he has no plans to impose new ones or ramp up his maximum pressure campaign. I don't even want to use the term maximum pressure anymore because I don't want to use that term because we're getting along. The president signaling the high-stakes summit could even stretch beyond the North's nuclear program. Yeah, we did discuss that, the ending of the Korean War. Can you believe that we're talking about the ending of the Korean War? You're talking about 70 years. What's the biggest challenge now? The most important thing going forward is for the two leaders now to go into quiet mode, no tweeting, no propaganda statements, and really focus on policy deliverables for Singapore on June 12th. Comedian Samantha Bee is still facing repercussions after using profanity to describe Ivanka Trump on her television show. President Trump lashed out at Bee on Twitter this morning, calling for her to be fired. Some advertisers are now suspending campaigns associated with the late night host's show, Full Frontal. Today, Bee issued a second apology. Earlier this week, she called the White House senior advisor and first daughter a vulgar word on her show in a segment about the treatment of migrant children in the U.S. From Samantha Bee to the Spelling Bee, and a new champion has been crowned at the annual Scripps National Spelling Bee. Koinonia. K-O-I-N-O-N-I-A. That is correct. Texas team Karthik Numani capturing the title by correctly spelling koinonia, a word that means Christian fellowship or communion. The 14-year-old underdog beat out dozens of competitors for bragging rights thanks to a new rule that allowed him to participate even after losing in the regional finals. He wins more than $42,000 in cash and prizes. Koinonia. Never even heard that word before no, today. Neither. Now we know how to spell it. <laughs> Well, we're just one day away from the annual Miracle Weekend here at Global. The two-day event raises millions for BC Children's Hospital. Thousands of children will benefit from your generosity. And tonight, Linda Aylesworth introduces us to Colton Hazapi, this year's champion. And it won't take long for you to see why. 12-year-old Colton Hassaby is a champion, a Miracle Weekend champion, which means this weekend he has a very important job to do when their 31st annual telethon airs on Global BC. To share my story to inspire others into donating to BC Children's Hospital. His story begins two years ago. Colton was having a severe asthma attack, and his father had rushed him, not for the first time, to BC Children's Hospital. This time when we got there, of course, he, he, he collapsed when we got to the emergency counter, and I screamed out for help, and a fellow came and grabbed him and took him into the, the emergency room. And Colton had stopped breathing and gone into cardiac arrest. At that point, I didn't know if he was going to make it or not. It was... It was quite shocking. Colton did pull through, but the lack of oxygen had caused brain damage. After 10 days in the hospital, he was transferred to Sunny Hill Health Centre for Children. When he came over here, he wasn't able to sit by himself, he wasn't able to feed by himself, and he wasn't able to talk. This is the therapy pool, and for the kids who are recovering from brain injury or orthopedic surgery, this is a huge place for them to learn to move again. For one month, the therapists at Sunny Hill worked their magic today. He's pretty close to what he was before and um, we're just so thankful for the hospital for saving him and 
for where he is today. Colton um, was one of the lucky ones, but also his personality was such that he was a very determined young boy as well. He's also determined to give back. With the help of his family, Colton has raised over $4,000, 600 coming from the sale of homemade sunshine cookies. It's important to raise or donate money because the hospital relies on donations, and if nobody had donated, then I wouldn't be sitting here right now. Linda Aylesworth, Global News. Now, if Colton wanted to bring some of those cookies to the telethon on Saturday night and Sunday... Nobody would turn them down. No, and we might even increase the donations. Yes, we will. The largest cruise ship ever to dock in B.C. sailed into Victoria today. The Norwegian Bliss is on its maiden voyage, and those on board might never want to get off. Passengers will have their choice of multiple restaurants, access to a multi-slide water park, and they can race around a two-level go-kart track. Kylie Stanton takes us on board. Oh, hello. Thank you. First a flag, then a smile. The 4,250 passengers disembarking in Victoria I've never been here before. are getting a very Canadian welcome. It's magnificent. It's beautiful. That's a compliment coming from someone who's been traveling aboard this, the largest ship to ever dock at the Ogden Point Cruise Terminal. It is my great pleasure to join all of you in welcoming the arrival of the Norwegian Bliss today. It's a real boost of confidence. I think it sends a, a positive signal to the industry that we can handle a ship of this size. And it's big, 20 decks, 990 feet long, and weighing nearly 170,000 tons. There are casinos, 29 restaurants, and then the fun stuff. Water slides, rooftop pools, hot tubs, and of course, a go-kart racetrack. It's a wonder why anyone would leave. But when they do, Victoria is ready with a few attractions of its own. Everything's in full bloom on the property there. The cruise industry brings an estimated $130 million per year into the regional economy and creates 880 direct and indirect jobs. For those working them, the bigger the better. It represents the opportunity for my company to grow. But the city of Vancouver will be missing out. The Norwegian Bliss is only scheduled to make one stop in that port at the end of September when the tides are low enough to allow the ship to pass under the Lionsgate Bridge. That has some calling for a second terminal in order to keep up with the times. It's unfortunate that we aren't more advanced in our planning here to accommodate these bigger ships because they are now arriving. A captain on behalf of the Greater Victoria Harbour Authority. This plaque makes it official, but the love affair is just beginning. The Norwegian Bliss will make another 18 trips to Victoria this season. Kylie Stanton, Global News. You cannot keep interrupting. (laughs) Is it really hit the dog? Apparently so. A singing French bulldog is going viral. Why he does it right after Christmas forecast. Too funny. That's the best. We've seen it a few times and we can't stop laughing each time. (laughs) I I get it. All right, Christy, a weekend upon us and uh, sort of like a mixed kind of bag. Yeah, that's a good way to put it, that's for sure. Yeah, so here's our June 1st, everyone. A whole different ballgame compared to our May. Before I move on, though, I want to show you some of the cutest video ever. From Port Moody, a mama bear and her three cubs roaming through a uh, garage. They got into the freezer before getting chased away. It's super cute, but again, a 
reminder to keep your uh, garbage sort of locked up and your food away as well. Maybe your garage door closed also. All right. So when we look at the South Coast, yes, we certainly have showers across our region. We'll see them through the overnight period. Your Saturday isn't looking too bad, everyone. Saturday's looking pretty good. It's Sunday that you have to be aware of. So this is really mainly overnight. I want to just show you, though, four fires. Not big ones, just small ones. This is the more major one up by Lillooet. But four fires ignited in the last couple of days, and all of them human-caused. Now, hopefully, this rainfall will help the situation, but the majority of the rainfall will be across the west coast of Vancouver Island towards the Sunshine Coast and then further north. Although we will see showers, not a lot, so it's not going to change the situation in terms of the dryness out there. So keep that in mind as we head in through the weekend and you get outdoors. Uh, Please be careful out there. So there's the showers for your north coast on Saturday, tomorrow. Further inland, pleasant conditions. Temperatures will be near seasonal or slightly above because of the sunshine for your Saturday. It's Sunday that you have to be aware of. Temperatures are really going to drop and we are going to see the rainfall push in. So for the south coast, tomorrow morning, some cloud cover. Very slight chance of showers in the early morning, but towards the end of the day, sunshine. Sunday's the day to watch out for. Periods of rain on and off with 15 degrees and we still have a chance of showers into early next week. And this is the most adorable photo to show you here. This is uh, Tonka, the ranch dog, saying hello to a three-day-old new colt who doesn't have a name yet, but uh, great shot. Thanks to Gary for that one. And BCAA uh, Play Here contest is giving away three play spaces, play, play space revitalizations worth up to $100,000. Here's a look at the last two finalists. The Half Moon Bay Elementary School is hoping to fill this empty space with, with an outdoor obstacle course to serve as a fitness area for the entire community. And in Victoria, Discovery School needs an area for middle school students. Their current play space is in disrepair. Disrepair. All right, you can cast your vote right now and through until June 17th. Go to our website, globalnews.ca slash bc slash contest or bcaaplayhere.com, and that's where you can cast your vote. All right, back to you guys. Okay, thanks very much, Christy. All right, get ready for it. We're back to Walter the Singing French Bulldog. Walter, I'm right here, but... Somewhat operatic. So So why does he do it? Well, Walter's owner says Walter gets a little jealous when she's not paying enough attention to him. So Walter breaks out into song. The owner better give him attention or she will get an earful because, listen again, (laughs) the pup has some serious pipes. Walter, Walter, I'm right here, but... Well, I would like to see. I'd like to see the guys from Bad Lip Reading get a hold of Walter and see if they could do something funny. They could. The people on the Voice get a hold of Walter. <laughs> he needs some coaching. Is that what you're saying? Who do you think would choose Walter? Uh, wait a minute. Chris. Oh yeah. Oh you no, to, Mike. You turn your microphone on. Dead. <laughs> we're, too, we're taking. My microphone's fixed. Okay, well, good. That's yeah, the we good can hear news. you. I good. Know. I'm going to stay right here then. Okay, that's fine. Just in case it breaks down, I'll be leaning in. Okay, so every week is like Father's Day for the Vancouver Whitecaps because they keep getting ties. Four in a row. Despite scoring nine goals in those four games, they don't have any wins. One of the issues, well, their defenses haven't been very good or the defense hasn't been very good, I should say. Another is they always seem to be playing from behind. So, on the road in Colorado, it would be nice if Carl Robinson's crew scored first. Let's see if they do. Kristen Teixeira. 
to Chera. Makes a great move. Oh, they did score first. In two weeks. And a nice one at that. The share is on a roll. So one nothing Vancouver in the first half. Lions first game of the preseason. There's John Jennings, and he'll start at quarterback. First play, he hands off to rookie Sean Wick. This is no way to make a football team, son. You can't be dropping the ball on your first play. That leads to a field goal. It was 3-3. Then Bo Levi Mitchell, who will only play a little bit of this game, gets in and Calgary leads 10-3 against the Lions in Calgary. And look who's making his preseason debut, Johnny Manziel. And he's kicking it Texas A&M style in this play. That's what he's good at, scrambling and throwing. But this is the better play. Watch this touchdown run by Brandon Burks. It's actually a catch and then the run. Breaks that tackle. No, I can't go this way. No, I can go that way. Jumps over that guy. Oh, now miss me. Here he goes. Give me a block and I'm going to score. I showed you how not to make the team by fumbling on your first plate. That's how you make the team by scoring touchdowns like that. Well, Jimmy Jones is a name you might hear down the road in the world of golf. He is just starting his pro career. He was a very good college player down in Florida. That's where he grew up. But when he plays, he will not be saying he's from Florida. His parents are Canadian, so he's a dual citizen. And his mother was one of this country's great golfers. Next on the tee from Lake Cowichan, B.C., Jimmy Jones. Saying he's from Lake Cowichan is Jimmy Jones's homage to his mother, the late Don Coe Jones, 24-year LPGA member and Canadian Golf Hall of Famer who lost her life to cancer two years ago. Pouring them in. I have declared the Canadian flag next to my name, so I'll be using that throughout my career. Yes, he he uh, he promised his mom that. His mother was always the pro from Lake Cowichan, which is a long way from where Jimmy grew up in Tampa, Florida. I said it at her funeral. It's kind of when I, kind of when I announced it, and I have a house two hours away, which feels just as much as home as Tampa does. This week's McKenzie Tour stop has Jones playing at Point Grey, which happens to be the same course his mother's induction ceremony into the Canadian Golf Hall of Fame was held 15 years ago. And to add to the moment, his father Jim will be his caddy. It's, it's cool to have him on the bag, and he's caddy for me once before. I think it was the USAM at uh, Olympia Fields one year. So, so he's had, I think he has two wins under his belt with my mom. So he, he knows what to do out there. He knows, he knows what the caddy life's like. He also knows how Don mentored Jimmy through his transition as a teenager from hockey player to golfer. She was very instrumental in teaching him how to play, be smart on the golf course. Um, his emotions during a round of golf would be up and down, up and down, similar to a hockey game. Um, where out here you have to be more flat line. And, and she worked very hard with him on that. Those lessons, that mentorship, means in many ways Dawn Coe Jones, through her son Jimmy, is still playing the game she loved. She's, I'm proud of what she did. It's amazing that to follow in her footsteps. She's the, she's the reason I'm here today. I think it's, I got the same little slap shot hockey swing. I think that's where I get it from. But I mean, I want to make my own way. Um, obviously here to make a name for myself. Just kind of her giving me the opportunity of coming here. But, and it's, I'm trying to take taking both at the same time because I'm proud of what she did and, and it's the reason I'm here. So I'm not 
Tiger at the Memorial Golf Tournament, Jack's Tournament, second round. Check this out. Old school Tiger. The string. And in it goes. 500 today. He is at 500 for the tournament. 24. Six shots off the lead of Kyle Stanley. Adam Hadwin just made the cut at even par. And we'll have the third round tomorrow right here on Global starting at 1230. There you go. All right. You're Thanks, Squire. Stick around. Satellite debris is straight ahead. But first, Kasia Badurka has five things to do this weekend. Kasia? Well, it's all about the people coming together this weekend, and we kick things off in Vancouver. It's the annual Marpole Day Community Festival, an afternoon of rides, entertainment, prizes, snacks, and more. Bring the kids and your appetite to the Food Truck Festival in Langley. Besides choosing from over 20 food trucks, browse the artisan market while kids enjoy balloon twisting, face painting, and Paw Patrol. It's always fun to visit Steveson. And here's another excuse. The Steveson Farmers and Artisans Market. Pick up something fresh, enjoy live entertainment, then take in all the charm and small town feel by the sea. It's Community Day at Ambleside Park, West Vancouver. The big parade's on at 10 a.m., then hit the park for a fun-filled day. As always, there'll be music and dance stages, food vendors, a kid's zone, and a Community Day lounge. It may not be the summer of 69, but you'll go back with Brian Adams at Rogers Arena. He'll be waking up the neighbors Wednesday night as he brings his tour to where it all began for him here in Vancouver. For more, head to globalnews.ca slash five things. Five Things to Do is brought to you by BCAA. Get a BCAA membership and save with our many partners. Plus, get the best roadside assistance. Coming up on ET Canada, Kanye West invites his famous friends to listen to his new album. Plus, music previews with Portugal the Man and Callum Scott. That's coming up at 7, right after the news hour. Back to you, Chris and Sophie. Thanks, Carlos. Oh, you did you right. just freeze there? Are that? you okay? Must be just, cold in that room. Didn't want to move. Okay, so, uh, yeah, I'm okay. So, I don't drink Southern Comfort, but I do like their commercial. I'm about to run, and that's how we'll start Satellite Debris. Okay. Here we go. I don't Let's know. do what, it. I can't speak for you guys. I'm just <laughs> If you're wondering about the song, it's Love Me by The Phantom. Really? That's from 1960. That was good. Way good song. back. I like that one. Okay, this first ad of the next two I'm going to show you is from Japan. I don't really understand it, but it has a giant cat in it, so it makes the uh, cut. And one from Ikea. Here we go. Oh, yeah. 
Maverick with fabric. Mm. Quite nice. IKEA, the wonderful everyday. See what your throw rugs do when you're not home? Mm -hmm. Okay, so this last one we saw dogs turning into singers earlier in the show. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And here's a cat turning into a dog. Okay. <laughs> I used to be a cat. Every day the same. I'd be aloof to lunch, then coldly indifferent after. To me, everything was just meh. Then it hit me. Why be so cat? Why not be a bit more dog? I mean, look at the world today. It's amazing. Running, amazing. Chasing cars, amazing. Sticks, amazing. Carpe diem. It means grab the frisbee. Maybe we should all be a bit more dog. Be more dog. Start now at bemoredog.com. O2. Doesn't matter what it's for. It's just a cat eating dog. I think a lot of cats would turn their nose down on that. Yeah. But that giant cat from no, Japan, no, no. That, uh, that gum commercial, I have no idea what was going on there, but it got my attention. Oh, my gosh. Very and he's, strange. like, swimming in the, in the fur. Kind <laughs> <laughs> of makes you want a giant cat, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Does. All right, June off to a bit of an unsettled start. Yep. Uh, so we'll see the rain overnight, but it will ease off for your Saturday. Saturday's looking really nice. All right. Thanks for watching, everyone. Join us for Miracle Weekend. Don't forget. Have a good night, all. <laughs>